Today on the show, symbols of our faith, the three-dimensional womb, the alliance of the two hearts, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground, as you see, starts right now. Hi again, everybody. Uh, It's me, Father Chris Decker. It's episode number 372, and we are the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. Joining me, as uh, you might know him, uh, we we do anyway, Kathleen Lee. (laughs) She's uh, she's here. She's uh, enjoying summer Mm -hmm. in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana area. I am. I'm back. And she's back. Yeah. That's right. It doesn't go anywhere, according to you guys. And more mauve than ever. What color is that? She's wearing Uh, um, magenta. She's wearing a magenta, a plum, a plum plaid. I like it. That's right. In the studio. Our plum plaid, Kathleen. It's my natural camouflage, I think. That's true. Also, uh, not camouflage, Livy Galino, very much here. (laughs) Uh, Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. That's true. I presume that that was a compliment. I intended it that way, that you're not camouflage. I'm not camouflage. I really don't know. I'm just... Sure, yeah. That's right. But she's Happy working the here. denim jacket, which maybe that is a kind of camouflage for you. I don't know. Don't, maybe in Canada? I don't know. <laughs> maybe in Canada. That's right. It's called what? The denim tuxedo? Or rather, the, the Canadian the Canadian tuxedo, tuxedo ah, is yes. uh-huh. denim top and, and tails. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I hear. Uh, speaking of denim, uh, up in space, I believe yeah. we should travel... <laughs> Jeff Black, well, he's the technical director Woo. of the CU. Hey. He's the commandant of the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite. Hey, Jeff. Good evening, Father. Very little delay here, except no substitutes. It uh, is the Jeff Star One. It is. Live and in color. Reporting for duty and no <laughs> denim. <laughs> no denim, no. All righty. Denimless. And then uh, if you're if you're watching us on the video feed in, in any number of ways, uh, we welcome uh, Ed Ball to us again. Because, there he is over uh, there. Well, well, we're here and now he's here. So uh, if the video looks good, then, uh, well, and if it doesn't? If it doesn't, well, then we'll just blame everybody else in the Jeff Star sure, 1. Sure, that's why not. All those, all the crew up there. Yeah. All righty. Well, one of the things that uh, that happens very often is you walk into a church and you go, huh, I recognize that from my home parish. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very, very distinct things that whenever you go into a Catholic church, you go, yeah, that that's familiar to me. In the same way that uh, whenever you go into a, a Christian church, right, mm-hmm. you'll notice some very important symbols. And of course, uh, I'll just tell you a little secret. Yeah, they originated with uh, with Holy Mother Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. all those Christian symbols are Catholic symbols. And so we thought that uh, that as we move through these summer months, it might be a good idea to talk about some of the seven Catholic symbols from the early church that we still use today, and our brothers and sisters um, in other ecclesial communities use as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, so so over two thousand years. In fact. Um, Olivia, you've you've been to to the Eternal City. You've been to Rome, and (laughs) and you want to go back, don't we all? And Kathleen, we'll get you there one day. I promise. I'm gonna I'm gonna start a Kickstarter. Send Kathleen to Rome. That's right. One way ticket. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Well, after the Swiss Guard, you won't need one back, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There you go. Anyway, so in in the catacombs of Rome. Yeah. So so if you go underneath St. Peter's Basilica, if you go into any of the number of catacombs that are in the city, mm-hmm. if you go outside the city, if you go to Vesuvius uh, mm-hmm. to Pompeii, mm-hmm. then you will see all of the these uh, the necropolis, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll see all the ancient burial sites of certainly the the Roman citizens. And an interesting thing begins to happen is you begin to see painted over a lot of these. Uh, these 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 pagan symbols. You see a lot of these Christian symbols beginning mm-hmm. to emerge, and so here here are some of them here, um, and and they all of them kind of connect back to biblical events and and uh, and things like that. 
So, of course, we know like one simple symbol is uh, is the kiro, right? Uh, and and that's the monogram that superimposes the the first two letters of the Greek word for Christ, Christos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it became widely popular after the Roman Emperor Constantine adopted it for adopted it for his uh, vexellum, which of course, uh, if you if you uh, well, our Roberto Veri, our Canadian bureau mm-hmm. chief in Toronto. Uh, vexillology is the study of flags. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah. and, and so, a vexillum is is like a military standard, and uh, and it was of course uh, it was of course that that uh, symbol that he saw reportedly mm. purportedly in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that by this symbol you shall conquer, huh? And and uh, and it was those first two letters, and and so. Um, so that's a very ancient symbol that shows up all over the place, mm-hmm. and of course uh, you see it on vestments. And you see it, uh, you see it in churches sometimes, certainly yeah. uh, mm-hmm. on gospel books, things right. like that. You also see it throughout my my theology notes. I was about to say, me too. Like how many times? Yeah. Instead, yeah. Of, instead of right now, it's an easy one. Like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. also I use it uh, for shorthand for, yeah. for for Christ or Christian. I'll go I'll go P X I A N. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never yeah. done that, but uh-huh. I have done it yeah. for for Christ or or, or P X N. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do because it's not I'll a P. It of course, like, it's an R sound. Well. It's a row, but yeah. <laughs> but the brain. But the brain thinks it makes an association right. with Christ. Yeah. yeah. Did you do you ever abbreviate uh, that way, Jeff? Mm-mm. No. No. Yeah. It saves a lot of time, and it you does. get to to contemplate the That's Greek right. name of Christ. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Oh, in the last two thousand yeah. years. I remember yeah. the first time I did that in class, like mm-hmm. when I was teaching, and the kids were like, "What?" And I'm like, "Just don't mm-hmm. worry, it's Jesus." Yeah. I, I often, I don't know, whenever, <laughs> whenever you're note taking. So, do you have like a shorthand that you use and you take notes? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's pretty See, much incomprehensible to anyone else. I, I don't. Hmm. I don't know why, but I have this thing. For the same reason I spell out things in text messaging. Hmm. That's surprising yes. to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't Not use, the text messaging, the notes. Yeah, but I, I don't use too many abbreviations because I feel like I'm not getting hmm. it in my head sure. all the way wow. unless I write it out completely oh, okay. longhand. Well, yeah, I feel the same way. Wow. So, I write okay. quickly and I write small. Mm-hmm. That I'll believe. But I use I use PXian. <laughs> For, that's your one abbreviation. That's my, your yeah. one abbreves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I'll have yes. to bring you my notes one day. They're pretty much unreadable. I think I'd love to see that. Wow. <laughs> uh, let's see. That. So, in addition to the Kiro, of course, we we know that we have things like the cross, the crucifix, uh, mm-hmm. the the good shepherd leading his flock, uh, a flame of fire, a tongue mm-hmm. of flame is usually represented with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but there's another one too that that shows up that's also Greek looking, uh, because it is uh, the Alpha and the Omega. Um, uh, Jesus says, uh, uh, certainly the Lord God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Mm-hmm. It comes up uh, in the book of Revelation, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. That's in the Old Testament too, right? Um, and so um, we use the Greek letters to kind of abbreviate the beginning and the end. So the Greek letter Alpha and the Greek letter Omega uh, are, are very prevalent in Christian art mm-hmm. because they represent uh, what God tells us about himself, namely that, that he is the beginning and the end. He is the one who is, who was, and who is to come. And, of course, we even go a little bit farther uh, and, and, uh, and kind of paraphrase St. Paul saying, uh, Christ yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, of course, you, um, you can't say that one divine person in the Trinity is not eternal. That's, yeah. that's the Harris thing. <laughs> how many, song, how many like, songs just popped into my head? Oh, that's true, because a lot of... A lot of uh, a lot of '90s, 2000s, and today Christian hits uh-huh. uh, speak a lot and some about some good, some good gather songs. Sure, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the, from the Big Green or Blue Book, depending mm-hmm. on which edition you have. That's right. 
Yeah, so, so the alpha and the omega, that's what that, what that means when you mm -hmm. see it. And sometimes it's the uppercase omega, which uh, looks like kind of a, a half loop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's the lowercase omega, which is, looks like w. a W. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I've ever, I've ever thought about, sometimes for the trinity I'll use a triangle. That's one of the other abbreviations oh, yeah. I'll use. Yeah, I'll use a triangle for the Holy Spirit. I'll do HS with the line above it. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Forget mm -hmm. what else. I just put HS. <laughs> HS. God yeah. is just God. <laughs> well, I used to do HS, and then Dr. Petrie talked about like the infinitude of the Holy Spirit, mm. and so started putting the line ah. above it. Oh, to show infinity. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. clever. So, you know. I think we could do a whole. Well, you know, we've done uh, we've done bits on on note taking before. Maybe we should do Catholic note taking yeah, one hundred and one. Oh, yeah. that would be a yeah. fun Let's segment. Do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Down. Uh, another symbol that uh, if you're in the state of Louisiana, we know all about. Uh, is the pelican. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there, there are some legends that claim that uh, when food becomes scarce, uh, a mother pelican will, will, uh, will pierce her own breast until she draws blood, and the mother will then offer up her own blood to feed her, her little, I guess they're called chicks. I don't know what mm -hmm. a young pelican is called. Let's Google it. Pelicanlets. Yeah, um, uh, abbreviate that. Yeah. Um, uh, rather than see them starve, the the mother pelican will will pierce herself, and so the pelican became a symbol of the passion of of Christ and and of the Eucharist. Nice. And uh, if you don't tell anybody, especially in the Louisiana legislature, uh, our flag is mm -hmm. exactly that. It is yeah. the pelican, yeah. and uh, and if you look on the state of Louisiana flag, uh, there most properly. Uh, there are the three drops of blood mm -hmm. uh, from from the side from the the breast of the pelican. Yeah, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Every once in a while, I'll see this symbol called the pelican in her piety. Mm -hmm. And um, what's the deal with that? Um, like a s suffix of in her piety. Do you know? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know okay. because I've I've never I don't recall running. Across I've seen it more that. than I don't know more than four times at this point, so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm no, I know that there's a reason for it. I just haven't been able to find yeah, I, out why. Okay. I don't know. We'll have to set, well. set the chat room on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, keeping with the bird-related theme of the symbols of our oh. faith, I like birds. Is uh, is the peacock? Oh yeah, oh. yeah. Love the peacock. The peacock is one of those that uh, that that we perhaps go, huh? Really, a, yeah. a Christian symbol? Mm -hmm. um, now, the ancient Greeks believed. Now, this is where where it, it gets uh, it gets transferred over. Yeah. Uh, so Baptized. the 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 ancient Greeks believed that uh, the peacock's flesh did not decay after death yeah that's what they believe it's, it's erroneous because uh we can pretty much verify that the peacock's flesh does in fact can decay. we verify that uh, are not all peacocks immortal <laughs> <laughs> if they were we'd have some i mean they they live to be pretty old yeah that's you true know. so uh but uh They're not incorruptible but i wouldn't i don't maybe wow. there are some incorruptible peacocks but <laughs> none that i've uh, come across in my 37 years nearly on earth you uh, mind if I uh, yeah, step yeah. back? Because Ed just told me that uh, baby pelicans can yeah. be either called nestlings, nestlings, uh, chicks, chicks, okay, or sometimes toddlers. Toddlers. Ah. Who knew? Yeah. Little toddlers. That's so cute. Do they live in the nest? The nestling toll house. <laughs> no, that's sort of an L for you. Wow. Oh I would live in the <laughs> a little twinkle in her eyes, the camera picking that up. Oh, oh, I love that. All of a sudden, Sweet. I feel like we need to start talking about a murder of crows. Oh, heavens no. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, hiding in but so, so the ancient Greeks believed uh, in the, the, basically the immortality of the peacock. And so when Christianity spread through Greece, the peacock got kind of translated over uh, as a symbol for everlasting life. And so if you go into a church and you see a peacock, 
um, it's it's not it's not a, a weird or uncommon thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see it in mosaic in some churches, and then if you go to like St. Joseph Abbey in Covington, one of the weirdest. I wish I had a picture of it. Mm-hmm. One of the weirdest, most awesome um, murals I've ever seen is of Adam and Eve. Okay, yeah. uh, in their in their glorified bodies, mm-hmm. looking down upon a skeleton that's coming out of a grave, and gathered around this this skeleton and coming out of a coffin are all of these peacocks around Adam and Eve. Wow. Yeah, I'm really? going to need to see a picture of that. Okay, I'll, I think I've got one somewhere. But yeah. But yeah but, it sounds so, cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I just yeah. need to see a picture of it. And normally when we see skeletons, wow. we get freaked out. But but if they're in a church. As so. it turns out, we all have one. So, I mean, yeah, presumably. True. Yeah. 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 We'll see. <laughs> so one Sometimes day. you do have to examine for a backbone. I mean, if you're looking at people like me. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, 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 Alrighty, uh, up next is the anchor, uh, a symbol of safety, right? Because an anchor is a, a sure thing that digs into the uh, into the, the the sure ground on the bottom of the ocean. Huh? Uh, anchors were adopted by early Christians as a symbol of hope for the future. Uh, Christ is an unfailing hope for all who believe in him. He's the one who anchors. Uh, he is the perfecter of our faith, and so the anchor is uh, is an ancient symbol as well, um, as is the ichthys. Mm. Yeah, so we we have a lot of Greek happening, right? Fish. Yeah, he's a he's a for fish, huh? And so this one's a clever one, right, Olivia? Because oh, yeah. not only do you have the word fish, mm-hmm. but it's also a, an um, an acrostic. And a, yeah, I was, thank you. I was about to say an apocryphal. Mm. That's not right. No, that's right. An acrostic. An, it is yeah. kind of an apocryphal acrostic. But it's an acrostic in title. Greek. It is. That's right. Yeah. And so it's Jesus Christos Deu Huios Soter, mm-hmm. I think. Nice right? pronunciation. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome, Greece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it means Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. Yeah. Mm. So, so sometimes, Jeff, you see the, you see the fish. It's an easy yes. fish to draw, right? Yeah. You just kind of yeah. you loop mm-hmm. your, your, uh, your pen around, and you've got the ichthys. And oftentimes you see those Greek characters in it, and that's exactly what the Greek characters stand for. It's a, an acrostic, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So, like, dad stands for doing a great d- job. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. Wow. So, the, and the fish uh, and the uh, CU logo, by the way. Is, the CU uh, logo is yeah. uh, is basically the ichthus, yeah. Okay. Ah, a little, all right, all right. A little uh, pause. Yeah. For dramatic effect somewhere <laughs> near the nose. That's true. Yeah. Well, the fish the, nose. yeah, the, the, yeah. I, well, you know what that, that symbol for us is, uh, I just liked the typography, and mm-hmm. so I used brackets and parentheses yeah. and came up with kind of our modern version. So, oh, those so, are parentheses. Wow. I yeah. really. Mm. And so Stanley the fish has a mouth. Yeah. I like oh, it. He Stanley. has a name too, Stanley. I did not know yeah. that. Named him after our third bishop. Oh. Yeah. Beautiful, oh, beautiful. nice. Uh-huh. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm learning so much. You have to dig way back in the archives to find all those, uh, those wow. tidbits. I didn't know that those were parentheses. I feel really dumb. I sit they and are, I stare yeah. at them. So, so what happens is you've got all these things that usually limit, and yet they are images of the infinite. That yeah. was the kind of the... Yeah. That, I mean... The graphic designer, once again, mm. strikes again. He's deep, guys. He's deep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, and then, well, uh, there goes my upsell. <laughs> speaking also of graphic design, perhaps one of the, the greatest graphic designs is uh, is is the shamrock. Oh, huh? yeah. It's, uh, it's a, a traditional design uh, by God himself, mm-hmm. uh, and it was uh, uh, purported to have been used to illustrate the doctrine of the Trinity, by St. Patrick in the 5th century. Uh, in fact, um, uh, as we're heading over t- for the Camino, we're going to stop over in Dublin at Silverstream Priory nice. uh, for a couple of days, Father Ryan Humphreys and myself. And, uh, and so I, I understand that the shamrock uh, is 
is uh, definitely to be seen. Mm-hmm. It is it is in no small part a part of, of Ireland all over. Nice. You know, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, the small clover plant creates a short but expansive bed, and the stems produce three leaves, which signify the Holy Trinity. So um, yeah, it's a beautiful, certainly a beautiful thing in nature to see, but then also to realize that that uh, even creation can speak of the glory of God. And of course, uh, mm-hmm. good design does that too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaks to what is good and true and beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, and so those are just some of the, the Christian symbols. There are certainly plenty, uh, but it's always good to kind of reacquaint ourselves with them, especially if you see them in church. And uh, as all things that, that are beautiful in churches, they are supposed to, to lift our mind and heart, which of course is exactly what prayer is. And so you can even use images uh, to, to kind of uh, springboard you into prayer. And that's, of course, why, um, why we use images of the saints and images of our faith, that they themselves are not God, but they springboard us into the reality, into the presence of, uh, of either the saint, him or herself, or of the presence of God uh, himself. And so uh, those are some of the symbols, and you should, uh, you should let us know what some of the symbols are uh, that, that you use. You can go to backchat at catholicunderground.com in your emails and do that. Or uh, certainly on Facebook, you can let us know. But I suppose one of the things we should let you know is that we are the Catholic Underground. <laughs> Giving some supplemental bass there. Nice, I love it. Chickity pa, chickity pa. That's right. <laughs> I think it was, it was. It was in a song back in the eighties. <laughs> Back in the 80s, yeah, could have been... Kenny Loggins, been. that's who it was. Kenny yeah. Loggins, really? My, we are we go, are going around and around. <laughs> yeah, we are. Well, well, I won't celebrate you home, but I will say that you are listening to the Catholic Underground. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Jeff Blackwell, Olivia Galino, <laughs> Kathleen Lee is also here. Yeah. As is Ed in the ball pit. Yeah. <laughs> Our picks of the week like are coming up. Our picks of the week are coming up, but uh, but first, first uh, we want to really kind of look into how beauty, the beauty of technology, can show us the beauty of life. Yeah, man, this is really cool. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends now who are married and and starting to have children, and it's really funny because they'll come and they'll they'll show me, you know, their ultrasound photos, and they're like, look, and I'm like. Yeah. It's a little blob of stuff. <laughs> a baby, look. Right. And and you know, in the recent years, we've we've gone from those black and white, you know, ultrasound pictures to some three D images. But what's really cool now is that you can expectant parents can get the image of their child three D printed. Mm. Yeah, wow. their unborn child, right? So yeah. you can take the the um, the ultrasound mm-hmm. 3d ultrasound and then print it out mm-hmm. wow. and so what so what uh, the, they've been able to do is uh, is to take an ultrasound and then give it uh, well the, the official term is bump mapping oh so like they, they create a texture with it right and mm-hmm. so then that texture is able to yeah. To have different multiple uses. Yeah. yeah. If you're familiar with 3D printing, it's something that, you know, every school that I've been in has has been um, kind of getting into. This idea that you can... Uh, like print- every school has a 3D printer now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. My, the one I just, you know, Chappelle just got one. Um, they were super excited. And when I was at St. Joseph's, they had several. Really? And they were print. It's You can print out an image pretty yeah. much. A 3D, yeah. you know, yeah. they were making whole chess sets of... Like what was really cool, one of the first things I saw was a chess set of... Um, pictures of 
students. Oh yeah. So like really? they like they would be in poses and then they would <laughs> they made those. Wow. And Kathleen, wow. were you the bishop? Did you have a? No, oh, I that wasn't. Would have been awesome. No, you were that, the queen, that, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he needs the queen. Yes, that's right. Right now, yeah. the, so um, so this process from embryo 3D uses these ultrasound scans to create a plastic model, a little plastic model of the fetus. Um, and the innovations in ultrasound technology have enabled a Russian-based company to print 3D models of an unborn child, right? Mm-hmm. So this company in Russia is now printing little babies. Yeah. Um, and and we, we might be tempted to think, like everything else, that this is just like a a commercial thing, right? Right. You know, like, oh, hey, we've got a we've got a bit of kitsch for you. Right. Yeah. So now instead of having posting your picture of yeah. your little blob of of mm-hmm. you know Human. image, you can now put your unborn child on the mantle place. That's right. No, but there's more. There's, there's more. more to it yeah. than that. Yeah. So exactly. it's not yeah. just for memorabilia. It's not just for something to pass around mm-hmm. to your family. Um, the 3D printed baby will be can be used by doctors. Um, to observe the fetal anatomy and the baby's health. Oh, oh wow. that's, that's yeah. clever. That's yeah. So cool. a 3D printed fetus has almost the same appearance as a real fetus, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, embryo uh, 3D specializes in printing even the most intricate details of a baby's face, mm-hmm. hands, feet, and vocal cord. Right? And the founder of Embryo 3D, Ivan Gridden, mm-hmm. right, is into the, uh, the 3D printing business and first printed a model of a baby for his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, his friend was worried about the health of her unborn child. Um, and felt ultrasound imaging wasn't enough. Um, and th- what's really cool is they can they can also do, you know, uh, they can also do some uh, invasive things. Um, but you know, if you're if you're trying to figure out the the, the health overall of, health, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe invasive is not what you, where you want to go. A lot of moms get um, get kind of nervous. And she mm-hmm. so she says this: We ordered a 3D model of our child, which is in my belly now. Mm-hmm. It's a weird <laughs> feeling. The child hasn't been born yet, uh, but you can touch it and feel it as it. Uh, as it is mm-hmm. um, and that's really kind of a cool thing because as you said at the top of the segment uh, I, I've seen ultrasounds from even even like 20 years ago yeah and you do it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like looking at the weather radar 20 mm-hmm. years ago you've got mm-hmm. all these little pixelated things and you go oh I can make out a child I think mm-hmm. yeah. you know and then yeah. the technology gets more and more um, the, the ultrasound gets more and more um, uh, accurate yeah and now we have uh, even the ability to uh, to to put all of this this ultrasound information into um, a, a visor into an oculus yeah rift. yeah yeah so researchers in brazil use yeah. this oculus rift which up. is a vr thing a vr set of vr goggles yeah you know and a modeling technology yeah there's thing you know how you see those people looking around with those goggles and there's no there's yeah. no actual holes for their eyes. They're looking yeah. at something It's not else. Daft Punk all the yes. time. It's sometimes mm. people with... Right, so these Oculus researchers roots. used um, this this headset, right, to transform MRI and ultrasound data into lifelike models. Of, of I don't know how I don't know how that would be for me. Really? Like to actually put to put on the the Oculus Rift goggles and to essentially be walking around uh, this this 3-dimensional ultrasound. That's got to be fascinating. That's, yeah. Because like a very magic school bus kind of thing. It would be a very magic (laughs) school bus, the womb. The advanced level. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so scientists used uh, slices of the MRI scans to build up a 3D reconstruction. But I wonder if you could also use this for, like, what else this could, could, you know, Mm -hmm. not just fetuses and not just, you know, Mm -hmm. like what other medical... 
Well, that's already being done. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, if you look at uh, like a lot of um, a lot of uh, long distance surgeries and things like that, hmm. uh, the Oculus mm-hmm. Rift uh, is is being at least in some ways developed to be able to see exactly like if you're talking about the health of a child, like if there is a, a growth or a tumor or something like that, uh, the the 3D ultrasound and then kind of being able to to walk around it and yeah. to mm-hmm. even have it modeled. Yeah. You can begin to see these things so that you know how to treat the child once it's born. Yeah. That's also being done on some degree uh, in medical technology. Hmm. And so it's not, it's not just for, you know, for killing baddies in a game. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it really does have a, a very far reaching. And one of the things I like the idea of for an Oculus Rift is, um, is, is being able to walk around, you know, like St. Peter's Basilica. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, to think that, that it's, it's used for, for tours, but it can also be used to tour the beauty of the human body, too. Yeah. Without, you know, I'm thinking just how, how well you can do that without invasive surgeries mm-hmm. or inva- like exploratory, you know, I'll say these Yeah, because like an MRI or, or a, a, an, even an ultrasound can give you pretty good yeah. data now. Yeah. Mm. It says, you know, for example, um, they use this in a case if the ultrasound showed an abnormal mass near the fetal airway, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's not something, there are also surgeries that where you can go in, you know, in utero and, Mm -hmm. and, and, but you don't want to just go in that. You don't want to go in. Yeah. You want to make sure you get it right. Right. So, so, uh, physicians could use a 3d image in the headset to assess the entire length of the airway and make better informed decisions about, um, what they need to do, do they need to go in there? How big is the mass? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, you know, if you're like me and I'm sure a lot of doctors are loving this because I, I'm not a good visual. I need to touch it. I mm-hmm. need to, yeah. like, I need to look at it from all different angles. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it's a scan on the computer, you know, um, to be able to, you're able to interact with, yeah. uh, with a three dimensional space. Yeah. Yeah. And of course the, the, um, the, the, uh, reverence for life is also uh, sure. uh, enhanced here yeah. too because as you're able to walk around something that you know is in the womb of a mother mm-hmm. and yet here it is virtually uh, able to, to be walked all around to be kind of turned around and examined and even in the case of 3d printing able yeah. to, to be looked at and, and held you actually can begin to see the the beauty of, uh, of newly formed life huh? from yeah. the moment of conception on through yeah. mm-hmm. and how beautiful that is too yeah. Um, so it's really neat whenever technology, science, and faith can actually kind of come together. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always I think this is great. I'm always excited to hear like what is the next thing that they want to 3D print. Yeah. You know. Oh, I saw houses the other day. Yeah, that you can yeah, 3D yeah. print yeah. houses. They're yeah. They're gonna start pre- 3D printing houses um, in these kind of prefab neighborhoods. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen. You can because um, if so, if you imagine the 3D printer, it, it prints in layers, right? Yeah. It just goes up and down and, and prints in a layer. And so they have these big cement uh, uh, spigots that yeah. print. That's so cool. I've seen that. I've also seen like artificial limbs. Yep. Um, oh. That and it's and it's turning out to be in some cases, from what I've heard, uh, cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know than than other, and and just as durable yeah. or just right because you can use a yeah. carbon fiber print yeah. or something like that. That's I think that's extremely incredible. durable. And that I mean that is why it's it's very easy to say, there there is no rift between faith. Right. and technology and faith and science. All yeah. these things are meant to be used and subjugated to Almighty God. There's no Oculus Rift. There's no Oculus oh. Rift. Oh, well. Uh, well, I, I guess we'll just <laughs> use this to say we're going to be back in just a second. There's more CU. Stay there. A prayer for vocations. Oh, God. 
who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph her spouse, and all the saints, in increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Let me tell you, if uh, if you're watching on the video feed, you you would uh, you'd be amazed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, welcome back. Uh, you you found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, joined by Olivia Galino, Kathleen Lee, Jeff Blackwell, Ed Ball, uh, who is quite possibly the Flash's cousin. <laughs> yeah. So like he had to fix. Uh, for those of you who are listening on the radio, uh, Ed had to fix my camera, so he had to use the pneumatic tube and come down from the Death Star One and do it. This was he did this in like ten seconds. Yeah, he he ran over, impressive. fixed my camera, yeah. rode the pneumatic tube back up, and was able to punch the show. He's missed, and he missed like all eight hundred cores between. There are here a lot and of cables <laughs> between yeah. here and there. That's, That's true. true. That's always the fun part. I just watch. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's because uh, I mean, Ed has a sash and everything, but he was like hopscotch champion in 1976. Oh, absolutely. Ooh. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Can we see yeah. a demo in the yes. parking lot? Yes. <laughs> After the show, I'll, I'll have to find my chalk. <laughs> yeah. We can make Actually, this is Catholic Radio. We're like every Catholic radio station. We do have a hopscotch uh, circle, and yeah. I mean, it's it's written. You gotta it have is. one of those. It's part of the campus. It is. That's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Our picks of the week are coming up, but first, uh, we want to talk about something that perhaps you know about already, uh, or maybe just haven't given much thought about, and that is the importance, the significance of the Sacred Heart and of the Immaculate Heart, mm-hmm. and how they are allied. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting, um, what was it, a week and a half ago now, um, mm-hmm. the, you had the Feast of the Sacred Heart, and it bumps right up next to the Feast of the Immaculate Heart. Yeah. Right. And I love that the church puts those two together, because mm-hmm. she's telling you, all right, if you want the love of Jesus, you got to go through Mary. Mm-hmm. If you right. want to experience the love of Jesus, you got to go through Mary. And if mm-hmm. you want to become more of the bride, more of the mother, you have to be aligned with mm-hmm. Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Oh, that's right. Um, and so she's telling you that just by something so simple, chron- chronology, that, That's time. the beauty of, of, <laughs> yeah. of time and the liturgy is that whenever you have feasts and things that are up next to each other or, or proximate. In fact, I was talking with one of my ushers, uh, or rather one of my um, coordinators at Mass today because he, uh, he was a little, he was jumping the liturgical gun a little bit. Uh, and he had set everything, all the books up for the solemnity of, uh, of John the Baptist, birth of John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Is that birth of John the Baptist? Um, I, uh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, the yeah, yeah. nativity of John the Baptist. The nativity of John the Baptist. <laughs> Sorry, seminary <laughs> training. Uh, but uh, I said, no, no, we're a week early. I said, but you know what's really kind of cool is that from this moment, the days get shorter mm-hmm. on earth. And so from the birth of John the Baptist all the way up through to, to, uh, to Christmas, mm-hmm. the days get shorter. Yeah. yeah. Like there's less daylight. Uh, to show that that Christ is coming quickly, yeah, mm. and so the church even has this. The well, it's more than church. The universe is yeah. is pointing towards Jesus, mm-hmm. but we even do that liturgically. And so, with the the uh, the proximity of the Sacred Heart mm-hmm. and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which the church could have put on any day that it wanted, right? But they are they are smack dab up against each other. As you're mm-hmm. as you're finishing solemn vespers for one, you're starting solemn um, uh, lauds for the mm-hmm. other. You know, yeah, and I think that. Um, 
you know, so we're going to be talking about the alliance of the two hearts um, and the Eucharist and how that's so important in the in the life of the the family. But I, I mean, you can extrapolate that just to the life of, of you, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you alone, and and then as an extension to your family. Um, but really, that that core principle that there is no Eucharist without Mary, mm-hmm. and that's it's startling, yeah. honestly, to think about it like that. Because I mean, truly. Uh, you know, you hear um, the saints say all the time that like heaven and earth waited with bated breath to hear what Mary's response would be to the angel Gabriel. There's a, that's a painting. If I've never seen it, I'd like to see it, and mm-hmm. maybe I should paint it. But I, I mean, yeah. I don't know that I can. But but the the notion of 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 the entire all the choirs mm-hmm. going, <gasps> what's yeah. she gonna do? Yeah. yeah, what's she gonna say? Has that been? Pa- I hope that's been painted. Have, has somebody painted it? Please. Are you painting it right now? Back chat. Mm. At catholicunderground.com. Take yeah. a picture. Um, picture you're not painting it. No. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, when you think about like that, that simple fiat, you know, we say um, fiat in Latin. I would love to know what it is in Aramaic now that I'm thinking about it. Mm. But her fiat, her yes, is enough to make the Son of God incarnate. Mm-hmm. And, and at that moment, God began to exist as a man in the womb of Mary. Uh, and, and she consented to becoming the, the mother of our creator, the mother of her creator. Um, so when she says, be it done unto me according to her word, that's it. God consented to be present in flesh in the second person of the Trinity for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and without that, yes, we have no incarnation. Without the incarnation, we have no Eucharist. So just kind of like follow the line of thought um, to, to how we understand there's no Eucharist without Mary. Um, and, and he gave us the Eucharist in order for us to not only be um, to be with him in heaven, to, to open the gates to heaven, but also to remain on earth as that God-man um, in the Holy Eucharist until the end of time so that he's eternally present to us. Yeah, and, and the, the, all of this connects so well together with Jesus' exhortation um, that, that he will be with us mm-hmm. until the end of the age. And that's not just kind of a, uh, he's going to be generically present with us, and that's not just simply that I'm going to send you the Spirit and the Spirit will be with you. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, I will be with you uh, in my body, my blood, my soul, and my divinity. The very heart that, that beat in the womb of the Virgin Mary is the same heart that will be with you uh, in, in the Eucharist. And that's the way that he does it is, mm-hmm. is through the Eucharist and through, um, through the, the apostolic succession, through the apostolic ministry of the, of the priests who confect Mm-hmm. That's that's the word we use. Uh, who who mm-hmm. make present the blessed mm-hmm. sacrament through through the Holy Spirit's action in the priest. Yeah, yeah. And if you're thinking about like, okay, well, how is Mary involved in the Eucharist as it exists to us today? Like, I get how she was there in the beginning and kind of the the prep stages, but mm-hmm. how is she how is she there now? Well, number one, Mary is is the the symbol of uh, Mother Church. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a member of that church, but she is also the the ideal, the exemplar of what that's it right. means to be the bride, the church, that's right. the spotless one. Yeah, the one who is uh, who is conceived without sin, mm-hmm. um, and the one who always uh, points to Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if Christ is the new Adam, then Mary is the new Eve. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but also visually speaking, the church knows what she's doing, and God Himself knows what He's doing, um, because this goes back to the Old Testament. But think about okay. Where do you find the Eucharist? You find the Eucharist in a tabernacle, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we call Mary's womb the first tabernacle because that was the first place that the Eucharist, that Christ in the incarnate flesh 
which the Eucharist is, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Um, that's the place where that was first sheltered and housed. That's right. And then, of course, uh, if you go back even through the Old Testament, that we call Mary the, the new Ark of the Covenant. Right. Because the, the, the symbols, we talked about symbols earlier, the symbols of God's covenant with his people, huh? mm-hmm. the staff of Aaron, uh, the, the manna, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, what, the remnants of the Ten Commandment tablets, mm-hmm. huh? those were all contained in the Ark. And wherever the Ark was, God made himself present. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way the reason we call Mary the Ark of the New Covenant was not just because she carried mm-hmm. Uh, God, the God made man uh, in her, in her womb, but because God willingly makes himself present wherever the ark is. Yeah. And, and she is kind of the, um, she in a sense stands for us as Christians mm-hmm. when she says yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was a, um, somebody showed me, it was a picture, I can't find it online, I'm pretty sure somebody showed it to me. They had taken of a tab, of a, a monstrance mm-hmm. and it was crafted in such a way that it was Mary. Oh, I've seen that before, yeah. Her, yeah, oh, and then wow. where, where, where her, her womb yeah. is, yeah. Where her womb uh, is, is the Luna. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Beautiful. And just wow. the image, I was like, Bleh. yeah. yeah. Oh, so mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I yeah. love too, um, kind of like thinking about that. Someone, um, was talking to me once about the visitation mm-hmm. and how that's such a weird um, mystery. Moment. In, yeah, yeah, like because she, you know, she's announced to by the angel Gabriel or he announces to her that she is going to conceive a child she consents and then he gives her the sign that's Elizabeth mm-hmm. and then he goes away mm-hmm. or, you know, reverse that order. But anyway, so, and she immediately sets off to go see Elizabeth and like that's weird yeah. that she would do that. Yeah, in fact, I the mean, scripture is pretty clear. She set off in haste. Yeah. yeah, she has to go see Elizabeth and that's not a short journey. That's like 90 miles on foot. So it took know. her a long time I to will get there. This. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few That's short like weeks. Several, you several, several days, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's probably gonna, like it's going to take us uh, between five and seven hours to walk um, fifteen miles, just at a regular pace. Now, in haste. So. I mean, I don't know what what it like would be. Four days. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like that's yeah. a long time. That's if she's booking it in sandals. In yeah. yeah. in sandals or bare feet. Yeah. Ew, no, no, and, no. <laughs> I'm pregnant. No, no, no. Mary no. wore shoes. Excuse me. Um, but she, uh, one of the the people who was um, the conversation I was having. One of the things that came up was why would she do that? And and the the idea that that we were ruminating on was adoration. Mm. She immediately went into adoration because she was alone with the Lord. We can presume mm. that she was probably alone, or at least most alone with the Lord. Um, and even if she wasn't like isolated from other people, she was very much in solitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was in communion with her son in her womb um, for yeah. that stretch of time. And then she went, she went to, to give service mm-hmm. to, to not only witness the miracle of the sign, um, but to give service to Elizabeth, to be with her. And then she experienced more adoration when she was going back. Isn't that interesting yeah. that, that even in Mary's activity, mm-hmm. um, she was kind of foreshadowing what the heart of Jesus himself, what Jesus himself would do. Yeah. You know, that, that yes to the action, that yes to the will of the Father, um, uh, which pours itself out in, uh, in the ultimate act of service, right? The ultimate act of, of giving oneself for another. Yeah. And Mary's mm-hmm. first thought when she found that she would be with child mm-hmm. uh, and he would be the one to save God's people from their sins, she immediately poured herself out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's my homily for next year for the oh, visitation. Man. That's and that's so interesting too because you got to wonder like is that the first time that we can say that she pondered that in her heart? You know, like we talk yeah. about that a lot uh, in the scripture. That's said of Mary a lot in the scriptures that she ponders things in her heart and mm-hmm. uh, her immaculate heart. You know, asterisk. Yeah. But 
that I mean, was that like the first time that we can say that of her? We don't we don't yeah. say it in scripture, but could we speculate? Right? Yeah, that she was definitely in contemplation. And well, she ninety had, miles gives you some time to think too. Yeah. I mean, it was before podcasts, so that's true. Yeah, she wasn't listening to the CU. And so, and so, if you think about it, so when we talk about the hearts being aligned, yeah, um, Mary's immaculate heart is a symbol. The thing that is immaculate is when something is immaculate, mm-hmm. uh, it is it is completely removed from any form of stain. Yeah, right. That's mm-hmm. like what we say whenever we finally get our, our bedroom cleaned. Oh, it's immaculate. Mm-hmm. Huh? Um, we we say that it, that it is free from any kind of stain. Mm-hmm. And so, if the soul is free from any kind of stain, if the heart is beating without any sort mm-hmm. of uh, external force acting upon it, especially concupiscence, that inclination towards sin, a sinless heart wishes to pour itself out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A heart that is not experiencing uh, concupiscence, that, that inclination towards, towards selfishness, immediately pours itself out. Yeah. And so we see that in, that in that yes of Mary's immaculate heart, already she's beginning to align herself mm-hmm. with the heart of Jesus that we, I guess we can say, begins in the heart of Mary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you'll hear the saints talk about this, that the, the fleshly heart of Jesus beats because of the fleshly heart of Mary, mm-hmm. um, that, that his heart depends on her heart, uh, and not just in like a spiritual way, in a very much a physical way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the great paradox of mm-hmm. things, right? God who needs no one to sustain his existence, mm-hmm. right? That's one of the proofs of the existence right. of God, right. uh, by the way, is, mm-hmm. is that either we must rely on something else for our existence, or we exist in and of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, none of us here in uh, in Studio CU have caused ourselves to be. Nope. Nope. Uh, at least I don't. I remember can verify doing that. It. I'm yeah. pretty sure I didn't. Um, <laughs> remember, if your parents hadn't been born, chances are you wouldn't have been either. The exception, of course. Uh, but it isn't even the exception. Yeah. So God, the the infinite one, allows Himself to become finite. Mm-hmm. He he who he who has no need of a heart because mm-hmm. He is. The fullness of, of existence takes on a human heart. Mm-hmm. Gives is, is given a, a fleshly human heart in in the womb of Mary. Yeah, um, he chooses that. He chooses that. Yeah, yeah. he chooses dependence. I mm-hmm. mean, he cho- he chooses that relationship that love demands. Yeah. Um, and so when we talk about the alliance of the two hearts, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that. Um, at that moment, that the God who existed from all eternity began to exist as a man in the womb of Mary, and that without her heart, without Mary's heart, she couldn't have conceived her son or given him his heart of flesh. So, so really, the heart of Jesus begins in the heart of Mary, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's a physical reality, but it's also a spiritual reality that we have to really take to heart. I don't want to be too cheesy, but I mean, we, we do, yeah. we have to contemplate that in our we, own We self. ourselves must ponder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and especially in the Eucharistic sense of that, um, because it's an exchange of spiritual hearts. It's ex- an exchange of love very much between mm-hmm. Mary and Jesus. Um, he gives her the grace to be able to, to love him wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, and then she gives him the fullness of maternal affection, which that grace affects. Oh my. And I'm, I'm just having a little brainwave at the moment. So, so if you think about the offertory of the mass, we bring forth uh, bread and wine, mm-hmm. and one of the the prefaces of the mass talks about, um, or it may, it may be one of the the prayers over the gifts, prayers over the offering. Um, it talks about how what will be affected in this sacrifice is a holy exchange, whereby uh, we take bread and wine to the altar, and and the Holy Spirit, the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, transforms the bread and wine into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Mm. And so there is this, there is this kind of this womb of the altar, 
uh, as as well, where where the Holy Spirit overshadows something and transforms it, mm-hmm. and so there there's a there's a mystery there to be unpacked a little bit too. Oh yeah. I mean, um, and so and so what uh, what the Holy Spirit takes here? Ooh, mm, what the Holy Spirit <laughs> takes here is is a created being, Mary. Mm-hmm. He takes uh, in the same way that bread and wine is brought forward. He takes her flesh, mm-hmm. her blood, and her yes, and then the Holy Spirit overshadows the flesh, the blood, and the yes, and and God himself becomes present mm. um, and, uh, and and transforms, begins at that moment to transform humanity into into something which is which is capable of more, right? We talk about Jesus' two natures, his human will and his divine will. Um, and whenever he, he goes to the cross, um, God made man then transformed all of humanity because he rises from the dead. Mm-hmm. And so there is this notion, too, even whenever we go to the Eucharist, that this same mystery that Mary pondered and was a part of is now something that we can enter into as well, mm-hmm. because we're called to take that Eucharistic mystery into ourselves. Are you yeah. are you cross-eyed yet? Are you? Stay with us. Because, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, a- as topics go, this is a bit more meandery, mm-hmm. but, but I think it's because we're trying to kind of walk around uh, in the same way you yeah. might walk around a church or yeah. walk around mm-hmm. a, a, a something. Some of these things are just really meant to be kind of, um, you know, spiritual hot tubs where you just kind of soak <laughs> for a bit. But uh, I think that's I the may. point of something like this, other than that metaphor. Yeah. I think that's the point of, of talking about something like this is that we're supposed to to get inside of it and mm-hmm. just walk around yeah. it. Yeah. It's when we stay outside, you can't see what's going on inside. Like think about... You know, a really beautiful church. Like I'm thinking, I, I went to D.C. recently, and you're walking outside the basilica, and it's beautiful from the outside, but it is nothing compared to what oh it is gosh. on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The deeper you go into the, the church, you too. Go yeah. In. Yeah. It's like Narnia. It yeah. just, <laughs> it things just open, and you're like, what? That's true. That I didn't true. even. I've been you here 50 times. I've never been in this corner before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what. That's exactly right. Yeah. Like we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to wander around because just like the human heart, just like the hearts of Jesus and Mary, just like the Eucharist, it's inexhaustible. We're never gonna figure everything out. Yeah. But it's we have to keep that meandering up because mm-hmm. that's the spiritual life. That's contemplation in a you know a physical. And metaphor. in a way, that's how Mary became a more um, how she became more devoted, if you will, I mm-hmm. guess, to the life of her son. Mm-hmm. I mean, every mom is devoted to the life of their son, yeah. but she entered more into exactly what his heart was doing right. yeah. by pondering these things continually and even suffering mm-hmm. crucifixions huh, of her own heart because of them. Oh yeah, well, I mean. Um, I interrupted I you, Kathleen. About, oh, no, I was just thinking, I was just thinking of the idea of like, even when you walk in, like, you know, I'm thinking of the Basilica because it's, I've been there I 50 times. And like, you know, it's the same thing with these ideas is like, you know, 10 years ago when I went on my first March for Life, the Basilica was beautiful. And I was like, oh, look at this. When I went there a couple weeks, you know, a couple months ago, it meant something very different. You know, something, mm-hmm. some things that, you know, to, to, to ponder this now you know, we're going to continue to ponder this yeah. throughout your life because it's going to mean something different, Yeah. you know, with every experience in your life. So these, these mm-hmm. things that we, that we ponder, that we sit in the hot tub, like, you know, <laughs> it just, <laughs> imagine an immaculate you know? hot tub, if okay. you will. Yeah. yeah and then just you. the Lord uses free. it to reveal things to us yeah. that we need at that moment. And know? that's really what yeah. prayer uh, yeah, uh, that's, is. That's I mean, prayer is about. exactly that. Um, and so, and so when we, when we do, and we kind of allow these things to, to, to steep, uh, within our heart, we then can begin to build our family mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Huh? If you imagine the the heart of Mary and Jesus 
uh, beating as one. Mm-hmm. And then what you have also is is Joseph's heart beginning to learn oh, yeah. that 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 heartbeat as well. Joe, you know, Joe. yeah, exactly. There's a beautiful image, and I, I pulled it up for you guys to. You, I don't have it for you guys, but sorry. Go, so show notes. It's, it's a Cassie right. Pease design, and yeah. it has all three. Oh right, I saw this the hearts. other day. That's a very it's a beautiful um, and some, painting. You know, it has the Immaculate Heart and the Sacred Heart, and then it has another heart with the. A lily oh, yeah. coming out, and it's mm-hmm. the most chaste heart. It's, it's Saint Joseph's heart, you know, yeah. and I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. In because mm-hmm. you usually see the two hearts together, and this third heart is like, hey yeah, y'all, I'm yeah. here too. Well, he's like know? the. I mean, if if Mary and Jesus, their hearts are kind of tethered together in yeah. this, like, you almost want to say like eternal uh, contemplation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, contemplation in one of, heart. anyway of, of each heart. Yeah, each um, heart to itself. Yeah you have Joseph as like the heart of protection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and it's only like his chastity, his, his fatherhood, mm-hmm. um, and his, uh, I read his once heroic that he, virtue. his heroic virtue. Yeah. He, yeah. he very much is the shadow of the eternal father's love. Right. Um, and so when we're thinking about our own families, um, we're thinking about our own, especially, you know, today's father's day when we're recording this, um, like that's what we're called to do. We're mm-hmm. called to, to enter deeply into those relationships with each other. And, and the imagery of, of a heart is not an accident because it's that selfless love that's yeah. always at the root of everything that we should do. And especially mm-hmm. something like heroic charity. Right. Um, um, and again, like that's not to say that every action is going to be on par with a crucifixion, but every action is a, is a tiny crucifix. Right. Every action is a tiny cross, a, a tiny thorn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something that's heroic um, can be lived out in our family in a very tiny way, just right. like. Uh, and, and we know that more more intensely the more that we devote ourselves to the Eucharist. Um, we do that with the help of the Virgin Mary. Yep. Um, because as soon as you say Hail Mary, she shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and she that. points us. I like to, I imagine her kind of like in the Hail Holy Queen, turning our necks physically yeah. towards her son. Yeah, like good Greek say, mother. Like a good Greek mother. That's right. <laughs> like a good, a good Nazareth-based mom. That's right. And but they yeah. do it gently, you know, that's true. Um, because it always happens with our yes too. Yeah. And that's what mm-hmm. Mary teaches us is that uh, any any movement of the Holy Spirit in ourselves and our families happens with our yes. That's right. um, but they they pull us gently towards them, and and that's powerful. That has the the capacity to change the world, that's to true. to reevangelize the world. That's what Mary did. She showed the shepherds her baby. She didn't have to say a word, and they knew. Mm-hmm. And they believed, and then they went and told everybody else. Um, and that's that's what the the power that a, a holy family, a holy right. 2018 family, can have. That's right, and that's what we're called to do: is to emulate uh, those hearts, those those uh, the Sacred Heart, the Immaculate Heart, and the Most Chaste Heart. Those are hearts that the Lord can give to us, um, even though we're human, even though our hearts are going to fail at times. Uh, to act in charity, the Lord can begin to transform them, and He does that through the Eucharist, through the sacraments, and certainly through the acts of charity that we are then called to give. And so, uh, whew, thanks for walking around that castle with us for a little bit. Uh, I think uh, we, uh, yeah, the Gunderground used to do this all the time, and it's nice to be able to do that uh, mm-hmm. a little bit as well. Uh, there is something that we do every week uh, without fail, and uh, we don't have to walk around it. We're just going to tell you what it is. It's the... The CU Pick of the Week. See what I did there? I got really high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, have, I haven't tested that. out my falsetto in a while. Nice. So. Broke the sound barrier there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> At least I didn't break the light barrier. 
because then I'd be traveling. <laughs> then Einstein would have some trouble with me, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or, yeah. or Star Trek would be real. Anyway. Okay, so uh, let's go to, to Kathleen. Okay. Look. Oh, speaking of alert. Look, you guys know, and I can't get into it because I'll be here all day. I did post a video about it. I love a good gas station. I love a good truck stop. Even better if it's a travel center. I stumbled oh. upon the travel oasis. Okay, you go in. Uh, there's pirate ships. Yar. There's a truck, a full Yar. truck. There's a train station in the back. With what? A, Where was clink, this? Clink, 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 in Robertsdale, Alabama, right before you hit the Florida line. Phenomenal. Okay, but that's a whole nother. So of course I'm in there. I'm walking in a trance. I I don't even know what I'm doing. So I just start picking things up. I picked up That's like how she shops. I picked up, you know, a dev- a devotional. What? There's like shell mirrors and cowboy hats. Ridiculous. Was it a devotional shell mirror? No, but you know what? They did have a nice reading area. It was really I, like mm-hmm. a nook for you to sit. Well, and I mean, read? they were selling like little chairs and stuff. Oh, I got so, you. Yeah, okay. it was quiet. Parked mm. behind the the pirate ship. So, you know, um, you can pick up some fudge from the pirate ship. Go and then hang out in <laughs> the home goods section. Yeah. Arr, arr. Eat your fudge, like and I mean, phenomenal. But I feel that, like you dreamed that. that is, no, are I you sure I you were awake? I thought I did because it was called the. Oasis, and I was like, I, Lord, take me now because I'd be a mite more generous with your fudge, right? Yes. Give your tires a taste of me broadsword. <laughs> but anyway, that's besides the point. That's a whole nother section, dare I say, perhaps a whole nother show. We're still on your pick of the week. <laughs> yes. So I picked up these things because why? I don't know. They're called Fit Kicks. Look at these. Okay, so, I like the idea of this. Yes. Okay. So look, the, um, if oh. you're seeing them, they're like they're um. like little slippers. Yeah, they look like water nice, shoes, but they're yes, thinner. Yes, but and, and, they and they've got, got a nice little sole. Mm-hmm. Now I have, you know, fat little hobbit feet, so I was like, I'm sure this is going to cut off, you know, my my foot. It's because there's fall a little off. elastic thing on the top. But it, there, yeah. it it's phenomenal. It's oh. got support, but not too much. You're not trying to. And if you're like me during the summer. I can't wear sandals all the time because my feet, the, it's hot and they get, mm-hmm. I, they get all dry and stuff. I need a little bit of protection. Do they come in guy? Yes. What? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because like, I'm thinking like walking down the hallway yes. of a refugio mm-hmm. to go yes. to the shower. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So there's all the things you gotcha. can do. Travel. You can get on your bike with them. Exercise. The you go to the beach. Water sports. Kicking back. You want to take your high heels off? I and do. put these on. <laughs> get them. These are phenomenal. 20 bucks. Nice. 20 I think bucks. Kathleen just became the, the U.S. domestic. I, uh, I love them. And if you're ever in Robertsdale, you know, Alabama. <laughs> or in a dream. You need to get into marketing. I'm oh, my you. gosh. I'm going to have a podcast strictly for, like, truck stops and travel centers and the good things I, you can that, find there. That, my friend, is a blog waiting to be written. Who? <laughs> Olivia. <laughs> Ooh, just gonna I, take a second. I hate that every time, <laughs> every single time. You know what? Fine. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna do mine. I'm just gonna be bitter. Um, okay, no. So you've heard of Lacroix, and you've possibly yeah. consumed mass quantities of it. No judgment. I have too. Uh-huh. I recently no. discovered something that could possibly be better than Lacroix. Oh, well, this and is, I, I okay. keep that under the radar. Lacroix is like cans that look like they came from the early '90s. Yes, it's very much like and if if the Fresh Prince got into sparkling water business. Yeah, yuppies everywhere have gasps in horror. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> well, okay. For those of you who appreciate sparkling water, there's a a brand called Waterloo, um, and uh-huh. it's 
it's the same kind of concept. You know, they capture the essence of whatever, and then they infuse it. I don't know the whole process. Some deep magic. Yes, very, very much deep magic. But it is delicious. And I say this because I tried comparable flavors, Mm -hmm. like with my favorite LaCroix flavors. Mm -hmm. And... I, like I, I might be going crazy, but I think it's better. Because Lacroix, of course, they get a lot of bad press by you know it's like somebody put some water in the same room as a strawberry and yep. says that it. Oh, I saw like one that was like <laughs> the, the new flavor was like uh, like strawberry, but you know on low battery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this would be qualitatively better. It's qualitatively better. Okay. The flavors are a little punchier. You also get more for your money because they come in a 12-pack that's about the same price as the LaCroix 8-pack. Okay. Oh. Um, so, you know, saving that money. Um, but, no, it, it's it's genuinely delicious. Give it a try. Um, and I, I'll put the link in the show notes that where to where Those you can um, Waterloo for find. the sparkling water. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's out of Austin. So water, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you and go. as we all know, that's where Napoleon went for the water slide. No, that wasn't Indeed. Austin. That was in San Dimas. San Dimas, California. Bill and Ted. Jeff. <laughs> I, I don't have time for mine. Uh, why don't you give us yours? Okay, okay. I'll give, I'll give you mine. Uh, my pick of the week uh, is something that uh, that I picked up on Audible. Um, audibletrial.com slash Catholic Underground, by the way. Uh, and it is Witness to Hope. I have a feeling it is the abridged version but uh, it's George Weigel's biography of Pope John Paul II. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you've ever seen the book, the book is thicker than a Michael O'Brien novel. Um, it's, it's a very, very thick book. But uh, the, the, book is, the, the book on tape, the audible, the digital download, is, is very listenable. And so uh, that's my pick of the week, uh, Witness to Hope by, by John Paul II. You know, uh, Jeff, we'll, we'll get to your pick of the week next week. Don't it's you in worry. the show notes if you yeah, want. To. Yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun. A little too much fun, actually. Sorry. But, uh, but as you know. I don't understand this. <laughs> as you know, Jeff. Okay. We're always so grateful we for We are those very grateful, Father. Who watch, listen, and support us. And this week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. And also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash Catholic Underground. There's more info at catholicunderground.tv. Yes, there is. If you want uh, all of our show notes for the episode, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can go to catholicunderground.com to do that. Our panelists have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress. Uh, She's at klee626 on Instagram. She's the unpaid docent of our Catholic underground. <laughs> Olivia Galino is at OM Galino on Instagram. That's true. And uh, and she's yeah, you're you're always she's posting all the time. All no, the time. I mean not as much well, lately. Some but of the time. Just give me a give me a little. <laughs> our yeah. tech director is Jeff Blackwell at Jeff Blackwell us on all of the social media. Our research assistant and the leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video director is Ed Ball for this episode. And you know me, I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on the social media, all of them, at Digital Catholic. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital, and we will see you next time.